0: We know that I love Rosh Review um, by Blueprint, and they have so many great resources. So whether you're looking for Cubanks, Pants Review courses, now is the time, and usually there's some special stuff, so go check it out. I'm so excited to have a very special faculty member on the podcast today that you're going to hear from. Sam Pike is an assistant professor at Charles Drew University and the creator of the EDGE program, and we talk about some really important stuff surrounding the pa profession so let's get into it welcome to the pre-pa club podcast if you want to learn how to become a physician assistant you're in the right place i'm your host savannah perry let's get to it all right raise your hand if you are about to start pa school in the next couple of months I want to make sure that you are prepared because going into PA school, I was not prepared for how to study, and it took me a long time, far too long, to figure out what worked. So for me, what I needed to study was QBanks and practicing and applying the knowledge that I was learning in PA school. So I'm very excited that Rosh Review is joining us on the podcast to help you guys by sharing more about their didactic QBanks. So these are amazing. I have studied with students using these QBanks on rotations, and I've used them myself to study for Pants and Pantry. They also have free webinars each month. Um, lots of great resources for you while you're in PA school, but these QBanks will save your life. That sounds dramatic, but just wait till you're in PA school. So if you meet a PA student, they have definitely heard of Rosh Review and have most likely used these. So these didactic exams, you can choose by subject if you are learning something specific in ClinMed, or you can study everything, but there are 1700 questions and the explanations are what I love. When you go through and answer a question, it's going to tell you the right answer and then why that answer is right and why all the other answers are wrong. It will help you to see how you compare to other students and it's just a really, really great resource to reinf- reinforce your learning, which is helpful in PA school when we all start to doubt ourselves and feel like we can't do it. So I would highly recommend checking out the Roche Review Didactic Exam, QBank, if that's something that you are trying to figure out what is going to be best for you as far as studying. Make sure you take advantage of those resources. We'll put the link in the description and let me know if you have any questions. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club Podcast. I'm so happy you've joined us for this week's episode. I'm Savannah, your host and a dermatology PA currently on maternity leave and the creator of the PA Platform, which is a website, all-inclusive place for you to go and find out everything you need to know about becoming a PA. And the podcast goes along with that where we get to share stories and meet people who have really great insights and today is a very great interview that I think you are going to enjoy. It's always fun when we get to speak with people from specific programs about their experience and what they're looking for in pre-PA students. All the stuff that you want to know, essentially. So you'll hear about that in just a second. A few upcoming things I wanted to let you know about. If you are listening to this in real time, we do have a live mock interview webinar coming up this weekend on July 31st. If you've listened to this later, it will be up on YouTube so that you can watch that. And even if you can't attend live, you can sign up and get the replay that we'll send out um, afterwards as well. So that's always fun. It's nice to kind of hear how other people would answer a question. And I love the support in the chat where you guys kind of hype each other up and encourage each other. So it's usually a lot of fun. So that will be on Sunday at 8.30 p.m. We'll put the information in the description for that. And what else is coming up? So an exciting event in October in Baltimore is MappedCon. If you haven't heard of Mapped, I've talked about them a little bit, and we'll have more information coming up. But Mapped is a really cool online tool. It's free. Uh, You can sign up, and you basically can track all of your stuff. So where you maybe have used Google Docs or other resources that sound similar but are paid, the cool thing about Mapped is you can put your grades in, your prerequisites, mark them, you can research schools, it has the best GPA calculator I've found, and also you can track your experience and see it all in a very visually appealing way. So. The PA side is still growing and I'm working on it. If you have any, you know, advice, let me know. But the they're doing a live event that I will be speaking at. I'll be there all weekend and I'm very excited to meet some of you guys. It is the weekend of October 6th. So most of the stuff is happening on October 7th, but we will have a meetup that Friday night. Uh, The sessions are great. There's a ton of very specific pre-PA sessions. There's a lot of pre-med stuff, pre-health. So especially if you're kind of on the fence and not sure what you want to do, this would be a great event for you to attend. And if you can't attend, if you could pass the information along to somebody who maybe is in the area, your pre-PA club, help us get the word out, that would be much appreciated. Uh, We do have a code, you can use the code PA platform for $25 off registration. And I think the early bird specials are ending fairly soon, but you can always use that code. And it'll be a great time. So I would love to see you there. I'm excited to explore Baltimore. And it's like right on the harbor, which I've heard is beautiful and really cool. Might be doing a boat trip. I don't know. Uh, But it should be a lot of fun. So if you have any questions about that, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. Uh, But we'll get into our interview with Sam. So Sam and I connected about a year ago over something called the EDGE program. So Sam is a clinical PA who is now in academics. He's an assistant professor at Charles Drew University. He just has a huge heart for missions and really big goals. And so he took a really interesting path to becoming a PA. Um, And then once he got into the profession, he saw, we've we've talked about on social media some, how the PA profession Is not particularly diverse and tends to be going in the wrong direction. So he has created a program that helps black men specifically matriculate into PA school and help diversify our career. The name of the program is the EDGE program. I don't believe they're taking applications currently, um, but stay on the lookout and we'll let you know whenever that opens back up. We've been helping out with mock interviews and some things for the students in that program. And it's really cool to get the feedback of, you know, what's going on, who's been accepted and that kind of stuff. So we'll hear from Sam um, and I think this will give you good insight into what PA schools are looking for, our career and things you should be aware of. So we'll get into it. And as always, if you have any questions, feel free to email me, uh, reach out on social media and I would love to connect with you.
1: Yeah, um, I was a biology major. I'm from uh, Chicago area. And um, I was always interested in medical missions, actually. So I did a lot. I traveled all over the world, Panama, Mexico, uh, Argentina, Brazil, uh, a lot of South America, Vietnam, Philippines, Thailand. Um, So I went up. That was like my passion. Um, I wasn't really interested in medicine. I just wanted to help people. So I thought, uh, at one point that medicine was like a very practical way. Um, I'm just like a total guy. I just think very, very practically. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I heard about a profession from my, my cousin or something like that. Cause it wasn't super, super well-known even then. Um, and then I applied, got in, I uh, did my school in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, I worked a year and a half in the ER in uh, emergency medicine in rural Illinois. Uh, I had like a, existential crisis so I moved to Mexico lived there for about a year did a I uh, worked at a migrant farm village learned some Spanish uh, treated some kids out of like a church and then I had some friends out in California and I'm like I'm young and single I, you know I have a disposable income now so why not move to California so I moved out here uh, probably seven eight years ago something like that and uh, I've been working in emergency medicine. And after the pandemic, like many people, we had this another existential crisis. I guess I, I get two, maybe two yeah. in my life. <laughs> um, we, uh, I decided that I wanted to go back to my roots and maybe start a PA program in Thailand because I really love my uh, time. I'm not Thai. I don't speak Thai or anything like that. But we went to these rural villages uh, up in the mountains where they didn't speak Thai, they had no access or very little access to any sort of care. But we went with a team um, and did a lot of OB care there, and they took a you know portable ultrasound, did all the ultrasound for the for the ladies and moms there. And uh, I was thinking, you know, how can I help people? You know, I'm not a researcher, I'm not a government official, but you know, what what am I? I'm a PA. And you know what, why were we created to um, help uh, inc- increase the access to healthcare? So um, could we create a PA program in another country like Thailand? So how's the? What's the easiest way to do that? Uh, what's like the most logical way is to get into education. I, I wrote a book uh, before that. I have no idea why. I just tried random things, and my wife edited it actually. How to get into PA school and beyond. Uh, the director happened to read that, and uh, I, like I mean, she might be one of, like, two people that read that, and then um, I got into the education profession, so for the past two and a half years, I've been teaching GI, I've been a clinical coordinator, obviously teaching emergency medicine, um, and I didn't know my program, I didn't know an HBCU, which is, for your audience that does, doesn't know what that is, historically, Black College and University. Um, and we're also Hispanic serving, Hispanic serving institution. Um, we have a lot of minorities in our program, which I you know, really loved, uh, especially after 2020 and, uh, all the things that happened, uh, I wanted to increase like, um, diversity and, uh, access to healthcare, same values I've always had, uh, just like a different population. Yeah. Um, uh, honestly, I really love it. I really love it. Um, I'm glad uh, no one's ever dying in, in so <laughs> that's always nice. So the stress not level not level.
0: literally, but maybe emotionally.
1: <laughs> maybe emotionally during yeah. baseball. Um, so that's how I got into education and how I'm in education right now.
0: Are you full time education or kind of part time clinical?
1: Um, full time there. I might work at the hospital like maybe once or twice a month. Okay. Uh, not too often. Just keep my skills up. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. Okay. We have we have a lot to unpack there, like a okay. lot, because uh, <laughs> you've been all over and done a lot. Um, which I think first I want to talk about missions and in international medicine because I think they get a mixed, mm. um, there are mixed opinions about that 100. and. And yep. so I, I have a little experience, not nearly as extensive as yours. And I, I feel like I've seen both good and bad ways it's done and all of that. But um, from a student perspective, so a pre-PA student who is looking to go to PA school or a PA student who's very interested in that, what are your thoughts? Are, are international focused medical missions a good thing to pursue or what are some red flags there?
1: Um, I think overall, how like the Western world has done these kind of missions is uh, uh, very paternalistic. So we'll go into a country for two weeks, we'll feel good about ourselves, and then disrupt their economy, disrupt their healthcare system, and there's nothing sustainable, which is you know really not good. And even the year that I was in Mexico, you could call it long term, but honestly, a year is really nothing to get started, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you just need like uh, public health initiatives. So if you work with like uh, a government official there or people that actually have boots on the ground in the country and you're assisting them, I think that's totally okay. Uh, And uh, for pre-PAs, I highly recommend it. When I'm looking through uh, applications, I like to see what we call cross-cultural competency. So, you know, they they how to deal with people that aren't like them, don't have the same political beliefs as them or look like them or, you know, speak the same language. How do you do that? So I think these like more worldly in that sense, uh, well-traveled you are, um, I think those are really, really great experiences.
0: Yeah, and I agree. I think, so I did some experiences in college and then in PA school and then, afterwards as a PA and I think yeah. for me especially after I'd been a PA for a little bit yeah and you kind of start to get a little jaded um, yeah, sure. <laughs> working in America and and sometimes you feel like you're just a customer service person yeah. um I went to Kenya and it was just really great to be reminded that like patients are the same everywhere and mm-hmm. have a lot of the same problems but Um, that was an organization that kind of like you were saying, like had really great just public health initiatives and came in, spent a lot of time in the community to help them get, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Independent, like set up with what they needed to have a functioning hospital and basically brought us in to learn from their doctors and then teach about dermatology and then, um but their goal was eventually to leave and help this community just be set up on their own so yeah yeah. and that's something that's hard to research and like know i think ahead of time but there are some really good organizations out there too a
1: lot of bad ones
0: there are some good ones there are some some (laughs) not good ones (laughs) um so yeah, it's tough, and and that's. But I think overall, like it is a good, good experience. Like you said, gives you good perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so we connected, I guess, about a year ago.
1: Yeah. Maybe.
0: About. Um, kind of. I think you reached out with the Edge program that you started. Is that correct? Yeah. That yeah. Your, thing you started can you tell us a little bit about that and kind of the background and
1: yeah um edge was uh the idea of my program director dr lucy Kive. okay okay (laughs) Um, so she and i had a conversation we're like you know black males i mean we have trouble as an hbcu getting them everyone has probably a much harder time uh, finding these black males And we, you know, we'll have maybe four in our class of twenty-six, but um, there's so many that apply that fall through the cracks. How do we? Can we create a pipeline for project for that? So with like very little money or funding, and just a lot of elbow grease um, on our part, um, we um, contacted some social media companies and some Instagram handles and. Um, some different, uh, the National Society of Black PAs, the Physicians of Color. Yeah. So we, It's kind of grassroots, very grassroots. And we reached out to these um, students, uh, they're pre-PAs. Um, many of them have applied one or two or three times already. Um, and we had 12 applicants apply. They didn't know what it was. They're like, do we pay for this thing? No, not, not, <laughs> nothing that they pay for. In fact, we pay for a lot of their things uh like uh caspa you know it, it can be pretty expensive so we covered a lot of those yeah uh, we did uh, essay writing help we gave them we were like a resource center uh what else did we do i did one-on-one i looked through their caspa application um advise improvement uh, out of the 12 nine applied to different programs and eight got into programs um, nice. nine got interviews and eight yeah. got into you know some a couple of them got into our program Morehouse, Kansas State University, Ithaca College. I know someone got into there. Uh, USC, U- University of Southern California. Yeah. In the, it's not no, no, Southern. Yeah, those
0: uh, get confused. North
1: Carolina, different yeah, different. Um, and so uh, they had mentors and we did mock interviews, which uh, PA platform really helped. I that,
0: yeah.
1: They appreciated that. So, I mean, honestly, I, I didn't know. I don't know if you know, knew this, but um, out of those um eight out of those nine guys that, and you interviewed a lot of them, mock interviewed, they got in. So thank you for that.
0: Nice. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And that's where I think one of the hardest parts about applying to PA school or even just wanting to be a PA is navigating the application process. Right. And especially not necessarily having like it is still a new profession, like not having anyone who's done it, and not having maybe even an advisor who can help you or somebody in your family. Like there's just, it's hard to know where to go, right? For help. Um, and so I think that's really cool that y'all were able to really streamline it and help, kind of direct students. And so that I remember in 2020, and you may remember too. I think that's may, or maybe it was 2021. I don't know. That's when a study came out that basically said the PA profession is becoming less diverse. Yeah.
1: of um, The data right now.
0: Yeah. I'm- and it like, it just was very strange. Like, why is that? I, I have my thoughts. I in looking at the data, I would have to pull the paper back up, but yeah. I feel like part of the problem is people don't know about the PA profession until it's quote too late. Yeah. And so then because of the way the application process is set up, it can be very discriminatory to anybody who maybe had a rough semester or didn't figure things out quite quick enough. Right. Um, and then when there's sorry, we 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 rant about this in my Facebook group all the time. Um, then there's, (laughs) you know, the expectation of getting experience but the jobs don't pay very well how do you live yeah it's just so much yeah. so what are your thoughts on our profession and clearly like you're trying to help but like what what issues do we have we have a lot of issues but what issues do we have
1: <laughs> yeah um so i mean there's a lot of things um yeah. PA schools generally make a lot of money for institutions and You know, our program, we get like 2,500 applicants every year for 26 seats. And that's most PA programs. So it's a moneymaker. And how that is, how we're like governed is, you know, our PA and stuff. And uh, they want to see pants scores and they want and that's like the main success for like a pa program to be accredited and get funding and get on the you know us world news ranking and stuff like that uh but when you look at like what is a successful pa it's an empathetic person it's someone who can speak to all different kinds of people it's people who look out be advocates but those are non-measurables and uh, I'm sure you could someday, but we don't have those measurables of success. So I think our whole view of success is just way off because, I mean, if PA school, cool, if the PA, if your PA, PA profession is like a hundred page book, right? Um, let's say, we, you know, we're PAs for like 40 years or whatever, I don't know, maybe 50, <laughs> depends on if there's social security when we're older, but uh, the PA, when you're in PA school, it's like pages one through five you know it's very insignificant later on uh, but it is the main gatekeeper for uh, most people Um, so I would say there's not enough uh, emphasis on like you know diversity um, and reaching out to rural areas um, and also family practice you know a lot of PAs won't go to family practice because the money and that is like a a whole global economic issue that is way beyond just the PA profession, you know, that's, that's just the, you know, privatization of, of healthcare. So that's not nothing that I'm willing to touch right now, (laughs) but I can, you know, do whatever is in my capabilities, which is like um, increasing the diversity of the PA profession.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think schools are are trying to do a better job of that. I've found in the past probably year to two years um connecting with a lot more high school groups mm. talking to high schoolers and getting a lot more interest and in messages and emails from high schoolers than I ever have um which I think is a good step for the profession because yeah that I'm hoping there's more of a shift to people actively pursuing the PA profession and not finding it later and feeling like, you know, then it's a good fit. Um and that's where I've I've always I'd always talked to pre PA clubs mm-hmm. but Me at too. that point it's a little different so then I've when I realized high schoolers were interested I was like, okay, we need to talk to like high school pre health group and that's who we need to be just telling about the profession so that they know that it's an option um and i mean pa pa is a pretty good profession especially when you look at it i mean the i think they say the you know debt to income ratio is really good for our profession
1: doesn't because, feel like it, but <laughs> it doesn't feel like
0: it. But like you know, you go to school for two years and you come out and you are your salary doing good. Like yeah, it's um very different than med school, where you're signing your life away for or to seven to ten years or whatever. So for sure, um, are y'all still doing the edge program? Is it happening?
1: It's happening right now. I'll probably contact you uh, later. Okay. They need mock yeah, interviews this sure. summer. Uh, we have. 20, 20 men now. Um, nice. Oh, I forgot to mention that we are, uh, I, I've been just cold calling and meeting a ton of programs and we're securing an interview spot as long as those students meet the minimum criteria. I'm like, look out for these students. Um, you, you're not guaranteeing a seat, but just at least an interview. So if they apply there, um, they will have a higher chance of getting an interview at least. To increase yeah. their diversity and a lot of programs across the country have agreed I have like maybe 20 to 25 schools there right yeah right
0: now I wonder why I mean the PA profession still is very female heavy also like not yeah. even to like I, I mean and I just I, I guess I thought that that would shift over the years it really hasn't uh, it's just very yeah.
1: interesting feel like that I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure why.
0: Uh, it might
1: be just like um we don't have enough male PAPR or something like that. I'm no
0: yeah, I know my admissions director made a, a statement when I was in school and helping with interviews that um she said that they would love to have more guys in the program, but the the males that were applying were not qualified. Girls
1: tend to test higher and really? I have a belief that women are smarter than men. <laughs> so there
0: you go. Um, so yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Cause I think in med school, I think it recently shifted to where there's more female applicants now mm. for med school than there are males, which is interesting too.
1: I did read like some sort of data that says women are much more educated now than they ever were and they're actually eclipsing men uh, so the women that, that have a you know higher bachelor's degree at least and then higher is higher than men right now
0: that's so interesting yeah I like get get in the data weeds and try yeah, to figure yeah. out it. i'm like i want to know why i want to understand because they will know how to fix it um So the edge program is already happening for this cycle. So if somebody was interested and they're like, Hey, like I am a black male, I need help. Please help me.
1: Where
0: like next year would they look, would they, for information?
1: Yeah. I sent uh, a link and that is a link to our website.
0: So I'll put that in the description for everybody.
1: The applications close until, I mean, we're we'll probably open up next spring. So we open up every spring and then okay. 20 is about the max that we can handle. Yeah. Uh, and if they're like about to graduate or they graduated already, those are the students that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, like
0: people applying.
1: Yeah, with they're going to apply or they're like, you know, a semester away uh, from like just finishing up a couple courses or something mm-hmm. like that for pre Um, Those are the students we're looking for
0: is this an initiative that you see other schools possibly like gain involved with or helping with, or has anybody shown interest at all? Yeah.
1: I've been speaking <laughs> with uh, Dr. Donna Murray. She's at PAEA. She's been helping out, oh. helping me out a ton with this, but uh, we're looking to package this because it doesn't cost very much money. It's, you know, yeah. some, uh, effort. Um, and then could you, Do this if you were from the University of Washington, where there's a high indigenous population, could you shoot for there? Or if you're in like New Mexico, let's look for um, uh, Hispanic or Latinx, like male or female students or something like that, or, you know, whatever marginalized or like underrepresented group, um, you can kind of target and, uh, and really focus on for your like pipeline admission. So yeah, very, very easily doable.
0: Cool. Well, hopefully, this will maybe get to some faculty who are interested too. Yeah, yeah, Um, absolutely. That'd be cool. Um, So, I want to talk a little bit about since we'll be getting into school starting or a lot of people starting PA school Mm -hmm. this cycle. um, You know, what have you seen with students that you feel like makes them successful? Mm. do well in pa school or on the flip side what do they struggle with um from your Uh, perspective
1: the data says that if you have a good science gpa that is a high or uh, there's some correlation with your pants or board success rate uh, that and I've seen some articles saying that anatomy physiology if you did pretty well during undergrad you have a good chance of doing well in your boards as well which makes yeah. sense yeah um, like applicants that get in it kind of depends on the program so you look at the missional goals so for our program a lot of it is like you know social justice and uh, caring for underserved and having the desire for that so um, we look for that in the interview and also the application and we can kind of re- weed out a lot of people that, you know, just use buzzwords.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So those are the students that we look for and we want students to pass and do well. We don't want to bring someone in just for the sake of diversity and then they don't do well in the program. So yeah, science GPA is something that most programs um, like highly emphasize and a lot of students or a lot of schools are going away from the GRE because um, it's not, it's, there's no like, correlation yeah that's rate, and um yeah it's, it's just the standardized test that may or may not have anything to do with how well you'll do in PA school
0: yeah it's fairly useless yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in, in, my, in my humble opinion
1: yeah
0: um and so yeah no I think I've, I've seen that also that the science GPA correlates and then I could see anatomy and physiology being a, a big Big correlation there. Um I think also what is hard for students sometimes is just the transition and like expectations going into PA school.
1: Yeah.
0: Can be tough. Um because it's hard, it's so hard to explain to somebody what to expect <laughs> ahead of time. Um I don't know if there's a good way to do that, but I don't yeah. Know. Is there one part of the application that you feel is the most important part or is um, it kind of more holistic, like really looking at everything?
1: Uh, it, got, it depends on the program. Um, I would say that um, you definitely need to make sure. I think a lot of people emphasize that um, to get your application done early, but it, actually getting it done, like having it most complete as possible is more important than early because we'll get these unfinished applications. Your letter of recs are still missing. I'll export the data. And then, uh, I mean, we have so many applications. I can't go in and recheck to see if it got sent in. So if it's incomplete, that's how I'm going to see it. So don't send in your applications missing one or two things just for the sake of getting it worry.
0: I'm going to like cut that part and put it in five times.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's important. People
0: can hear hear it over and over and over because that's a lot of the questions I'm getting right now is like should I submit early yeah. should I and I'm like again like there's value in a complete application yeah and you from your amount like you may not have time to go back and recheck everybody's to see if they got exactly what they needed or that letter from whoever they were waiting on yeah um yeah and there's there's a lot of rush to to do that when a lot of times I feel like a week or two isn't going to make a difference in the long run whereas a complete application would
1: yeah it would disqualify you sometimes
0: yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah that's tough so uh thinking about kind of where our profession's going and um whoops um kind of what you see yourself doing are you still looking at pursuing starting an international PA program so they had PAs in Kenya which was so interesting oh,
1: interesting I didn't know that yeah
0: it was great and they functioned very much like we did like working kind of with uh-huh. a physician in some capacity but had yeah. their own training and own education so it was really cool um I didn't actually even know they had PAs until I got there um but yeah they have PAs so are, are you, is that something you're still thinking about or kind of just seeing what happens here? And who knows?
1: I'm pretty content where I am here. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe in the future, you know, I, I haven't really thought about that because I was just so busy. Uh, but yeah, maybe in the future. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's, it'll be interesting to see internationally where they pick up PAs. Because um, right now it really isn't. I've talked to a couple UK PAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a little different.
1: Oh interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they um are not compensated very well. And
1: that's
0: yeah. a little different. So um they they were kind of more like, hey, can we come over there? Yeah. And then um I think New Zealand has some PAs. So I've never talked to a New Zealand PA.
1: I heard that Canada, New Zealand, In yeah. Canada, yeah. Maybe
0: Scotland. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll see see what happens with that. Um, Well, I appreciate your, your time and sharing all of your experience and about your program. And we'll definitely get the word out and hopefully help y'all help y'all out again this year.